All right. Good morning. Uh, teeing off a really cool format that we're going to try out. Well, I think it's I think it's cool. Which is we're calling it Breakfast Club PT, and the idea is uh, Tony Maritato, who's been on the show before multiple times, Dave Kittle, who's been on the show multiple uh, times. They've got that uh, both got their own YouTube channels, podcasts, all those different things, a mixture thereof. Social presences. These guys are smart, and they like helping people. And that's what we're going to do each and every week is we're just doing this. We're not asking for permission. We're not waiting until it's right. We're just doing it. So the idea is we're going to discuss topics that people are already discussing either on social or in the Facebook groups that we belong to or lead with people like you who are in a spectrum of places in their professional career. Clinicians wanting to be clinic owners, clinic owners, like doesn't matter, all of those things. And we're going to talk about the things and you're going to hear one opinion and another and a third. We're also going to do this live. So you're hearing this as a podcast episode, but we discussed this live and we streamed it on my social channels. Next week, we're going to expand to Dave and Tony's channels as well. The idea is, can you have a morning show, morning radio show type discussion about the things that aren't necessarily pop culture. And we're talking about business or clinical decisions, whatever. The topics are up to you. We've got a variety of experiences, a variety of backgrounds, a variety of opinions. Who's right? Doesn't matter. Kind of doesn't matter. The idea here is you will get great information to make a decision that is right for you. So that's what we're digging into Today, want to say thanks to the sponsors for keeping us on the air, ATI Physical Therapy, who I'm going to be at CSM with in just a couple of weeks. I'm setting up a mobile studio, which is something we did a long time ago, and now we're amping it up because we're going to record video and audio at the ATI booth at CSM. So come say hi, jump on the show. There'll be opportunities for me to meet you, but really, I just I want to talk to you. I want to learn from you. If you're going to be at CSM, come say hi. ATA, ATI leads the charge in PT clinical research with more than 900 clinics achieving top marks in CMS's merit-based incentive program. They are the team to join for career growth. If you're looking to grow as a clinician or if you want to be a director, like there are a lot of opportunities there. Just take a peek at ATIPT.com. Uh, do also want to thank uh, our friends at the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. They're also celebrating an anniversary at CSM, which I get to help them throw a party with in Boston in just a couple weeks. Uh, they've got their uh, current concepts of orthopedic PT. That's just a great resource. A lot of people, a lot, thousands of people have used it as a resource to prepare to gain confidence and competence to take that OCS exam. All right. Take a look at it. It's in their fifth edition, so they update it constantly. It's kind of like your gateway to expertise as an orthopedic PT. Find them online at orthopt.org. Again, that's called Current Concepts. So the topics we're talking about today, first off, you're going to hear a live call-in from Michael Derry. Michael is a concierge PT clinic owner in Florida, and he's asking the question, when do I know it's the time to shift from like first gear to second gear to third? When should I take my first full-time hire? Should I? Dave gives his opinion. Tony might have a different opinion. and But they're asking good questions. And the best part is you get to see, the, see and hear the thought process live. Second half of the show, we talk about Google reviews versus user or patient-generated video. Which one's better? Which should you spend your time and effort doing? Is it both? Is it neither? You get to hear the insights from, uh, from both of those guys. Without further ado, here is the Breakfast Club PT 
for January 18th. Breakfast Club PT in the morning. We should get some professional um, voice people to do that because I don't think that me doing that every single time is going to do us any good. Uh, good morning, Dave. Good morning, Tony. I am Jimmy. We're calling ourselves Breakfast Club PT because, well, we're not creative enough to come up with a, a unique name. But this is as early as you get me out of bed, 8.30 Eastern time, and uh, do host a show called Pinecast. It is, it's a pint. It's a unit of measure. And mine is uh, a latte. Good morning, gentlemen. What is your drink of choice in the morning? Do you guys have a drink of choice? What's your... I, you know what? I've been waking up for 21 years doing a fresh double shot uh, espresso with yes. steamed almond milk. I do one for my wife. I do one for myself. I've run the gamut of putting coconut uh, oil in, doing all sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah, that that's what I do every single morning. What? Um, just a double shot of espresso? Like not in like I essentially drink like a shot of espresso with just a cup of milk, like a giant. Yeah, milk. double shot of espresso with probably eight to ten ounces of almond milk. Steam it, um, and that that's my get up and go. And the last thing I'll ask is, what type of machine do you use to do that? Like, what what is your coffee espresso? Yeah, yeah, I, I've got a uh, Bell shoot. You asked me too quick. It's a name brand, whatever the most popular one on, but it's all handmade. It's not like a Keurig. It's like I grind the beans, I damp them, tamp them, whatever it's called. I put them in there. I steam the milk. I do it all from scratch. All right. Dave, what about you? Yeah, what's uh, your morning? Black coffee. We have uh, an espresso oh, machine with the pods, so a That's little right. work for the environment, but uh, I'm, I don't have to uh, grind the, the beans like Tony. Uh, I got a couple. I got like two, three, a couple of different coffee machines, but yes, coffee yeah. every day since college, since that worked out. Uh, well. I didn't drink, I didn't drink anything in college. I just drank, you know, just, I don't know, milk or water. And then people were like, how do you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. Have you met me? Like I'm a little too much without coffee. Like this is me <laughs> on one. You don't want me on two or three. So we, we wanted to essentially wanted to hold each other accountable or I needed to hold myself accountable. So we said, listen, Hey, Thursday mornings at eight 30, we're just going to get together. What are we talking about? I think the three of us talk enough where we sort of just need a thread to pull and we can find stuff. So, uh, and that really is like, I hate to break the mystery. That really is kind of how live radio worked is we'd walk in and there would be a hot sheet, which essentially would break down the last 24 hours worth of news, pop culture, sports, whatever. And then your job was pull that thread and it's always fun when something happens or someone crosses paths. So I think we have a live call in and we'll open the phones for people out there too, as we see a bunch of people watching live. Uh, Tony, <clears throat> how did this come about? Like, get, like set up the guests, like who are we talking to? How'd you come across him? Why is he sitting there on the phone? He's in the back. He's in the green room right now. Yeah, I love it. So, so the guest is Michael Derry. So <laughs> as you can imagine, I'm sure you guys are the same way. I get a lot of text messages, Facebook message, all sorts of stuff. Um, I've known Michael for years now. I've kind of watched his progression. He's got an amazing YouTube channel getting started. I can't believe his channel hasn't blown up yet. The yeah. quality of his videos through the roof. But Michael was reaching out to me last night and was like, hey, I've got some things lined up. I'm not quite sure what the next step is, where I'm going with my mobile concierge physical therapy practice. So I said, hey, I'm getting on with Jimmy and Dave in the morning. I said, this is like the perfect softball pitch for Dave because yeah. this is right up his alley. Yeah. Um, you know, I run a very different business model, but Dave and Michael are, are simpatico there. So I said, hey, jump on a phone, give us a call, talk to us about what's going on and let's get some different perspectives. And that's where we're going to go now. 
And when you said that this morning at, you know, five minutes before we started, I was like, Michael Derry, I just interviewed him. So his episode has not really been released yet, but I was like, I just spoke to him. So Michael's on the phone. Michael, you're, uh, you're the smart one because you're in Florida. That's correct. Yes, yes, I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, beautiful sunshine right now. Yeah, I'm looking at piles of white stuff. Dave's in the city, so you get you get white stuff for ten minutes, and then it turns gray and dirty. Yeah. That's how snow works in New York City. Yep, and then yep. Tony, you're you're sort of in the you. Yeah, I'm in Ohio. I'm in the middle. It's like 23 outside right now. I'm going to bundle up and go for a run shortly, but it's not bad. So let's start this way. I don't know. I like to steal. Let's start like Shark Tank, right? Because the minute someone walks in, they sort of need context. So, Michael, you're on the show. Like, give us context of your business. Like, Danae, like, give us... If you were to walk in on Shark Tank, how would you explain it to the to the sharks? Yeah, great question. So, uh, I've been um, the owner of Revision Health Services here in Jacksonville, Florida for about two and a half years. I essentially started it because my need was I needed to be home more. Um, I needed to have a little more flexibility in my life. I just had my first child. And I'd always toyed around the idea of having my own practice, but again, no business ownership background at all. And so I, I essentially quit my um, clinic job where I was cranking out patients and started uh, this. And I just went all in. There was no, there was no soft transition. It was a very hard transition. Uh, and, and just lit a fire behind me. And I, I, I kind of do better in that type of environment. So yeah. I started seeing people in their home, uh, gym, and workplace. And uh, I was just able to provide the care that I thought at that time um, that people really wanted. And so it just kind of spread from there. Uh, I, I transitioned from more, you know, I had to change the language of my business to more of like the concierge revision health service model um, because people were just expecting, you know, just from the name uh, just to provide traditional therapy services. And, and that's, that's a hard, uh, that's a hard um, conversation to have when people have these expectations coming into it and you're trying to, to manage those expectations from visit one. Yeah. So that kind of led me uh, to the concierge model. And essentially now I see people in their home. Um, I even have, I just got a contract with a local medium sized business to just, you know, do PT for their employees oh. uh, and things are really evolving and doing well. And I've got a little bit of a wait list and, and things have just really grown um, ra rapidly over the last two and a half years. All right. What's the, so what's the problem? Like, wait, you know, where, where's your friction point? What's the hurdle? Where's the, where's the rub? Like what's, what, where are you limited right now? Uh, you know, it's my time, right? And yeah. so I'm trying to find ways to best leverage my time and my knowledge and, and resources that I have. And, um, you know, I've, I've recently, I've always had like this soft opening, um, for a, a job opening where I just, you know, at one point in time, I was actually going to different PT clinics and literally asking the PTs there if they were looking for a change. Um, and I just kind of put the word out there and someone reached out and had a great interview and, um, seems really promising. And, you know, as I started ha uh, becoming a little more real with that decision, um, I'm like, man, where am I really going with this? Like if I bring on this hire, um, what is that? Is that forcing me down a direction I don't want to go down? Um, I'm able to kind of buy some of my time back with that hire, okay. but then I'm also man managing things where I didn't don't have to manage now because I'm basically my brand. And so, uh, what I when I reached out to Tony, it was more like, okay, so if I if I get back ten hours, let's say ten hours in my week, am I able to dedicate that more to my blog and YouTube channel? Is that something I really want to do? Do I want to just keep going down the path right now? And I'm just trying to weigh the risk of, you know, bringing on this person oh, and the go. work. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah, the work behind, um, you know, creating the systems and processings to even a deeper level than, than just having me 
And so it's not, it's not that I'm in a bad place. I'm, I'm yeah, very yeah, fortunate no. to be in the place, place I'm in, but I'm like, man, okay, it's been two and a half years. It's grown to this. If I, if I hire this PT, am I setting myself up now to essentially hire more PTs and with the yeah. goal to sell, to sell in the future? Cause I, I, I really want to get out of patient care in the next three to five years. And, uh, those are just the thoughts that I was having. And so when I reached out to him, my intent was just to be a soundboard and, yep. you know, kind of echo some of that stuff because I know him along, uh, along with uh, guys like yourself yeah. have kind of been in my similar situation. Cool. Now I love things like this because I'm watching Tony and Dave and I don't even know if Dave looked like he was writing something down, but I know they're both thinking. So like, like, you know, show us the thought process. Like, you know, pretend like your skull is just completely transparent as you're hearing, what are you processing? What are you picking up on? Dave, hey, Michael, you. Michael, this is Dave Kittle. We're connected on Facebook, but uh, you and I, I don't think we've ever spoken before. So I have a mobile concierge practice here in New York City. Um, it sounds like you need to hire therapists right away, and they could be part-time, PRN. Uh, there's some content that I've made around this to for you to learn for free. I have nothing to sell you, but to learn about interviewing and the recruiting process and all that. Um, that'll absolutely get your time back and, and buy your time back. Um, I know Tony's mm -hmm. putting out a lot of great stuff around YouTube and putting out videos and all that. My practice, Concierge Pain Relief, we still don't even have an Instagram. We don't have a YouTube. Eventually, we might get to it. Um, they just got a microphone last week. <laughs> well, no, I, I just started using it again last week. But yes, um, Michael, if, if you don't hire, then yeah, you're going to continue to stretch yourself thin. And um, I don't think a lot of uh, early you know, online social media videos, it, you know, you're planting seeds. That's like a long-term game right now, like this mm -hmm. quarter, next quarter, um, you need to recruit and hire. Um, you'll probably have some follow-up context or, or um, some follow-up questions around this. And Tony's going to jump in as well, but um, you know, you need to be doing what you're already doing. I love the, the, you going to practices and asking if they want to you know, cool. change your pace. I love that's actually like, I would say like New York aggressive. I love that. Um, so kudos to you for that. And I would also suggest if you haven't already looking at things like Indeed ads, LinkedIn ads, getting in front of more therapists. Um, and you're already, it sounds like you might go this path, but I'm not sure. I think I need to ask you like, why are you unsure about hiring other therapists? Like what else? Like, otherwise you're going to like continue to be even busier. Great question. Where's your uncertainty yeah, come from, Michael? Yeah, the uncertainty comes from, uh, you know, at, at, at my current numbers, like me being full seeing patients, it's like 22 visits a week. I'm, I'm sitting a lot better than I ever have, like working in the clinic um, with my time and my money. And so that feels really good. If I bring on a therapist, I'm going to take a little bit of a hit um, yes. and, uh, yes. and more, more of an investment um, and because I am buying some of that time back. And so while you know, it was with that time, like, what am I going to do with that time? Am I going to grow the YouTube? Am I going to grow the blog? Am I going to continue trying to grow the mobile concierge practice with that time? Uh, and so that's where I was running into the issue. Like, okay, so if I have this, you know, this, it's really the, another, um, another issue I was having is that what I'm able to offer that therapist. Yeah. So their pain, their pain points are, I'm tired of seeing 50 patients a week. I'm tired of doing 60 vials a day yeah. and I'm tired of not having control of my schedule. And I'm like, well, with those pain points, I can address every one of those. I'm offering you a cush, cush schedule with four to five patients a day. Right. Um, you're going to make a decent living, but you know, it, it's, I think Tony had sent me a text a while back and he's like, you know, you're figuring out what they, what they want versus what they actually want or what they feel like they want. 
And so when you try to lay it out and lay out all your cards in front of them, uh, you know, the offer uh, is just way different than what a traditional clinic would offer. And so those two things have really led to some friction of hiring a therapist and they're like, Hey, I need the robust health insurance or the robust right, 401k right. plan. Um, and I'm like, man, that, that's with those being the primary focus, that's really hard. And that may not be the ideal hire for me. So, but that just, that just narrows the pool a little bit. <laughs> All right. So this asks a few things. So he has two, right? So what yeah. can he do right now? What can Michael do right now? as he's preparing to take this leap, if he's going to take the leap, Michael, you should take the leap. I'm not, I don't want to skip to the end, but before you do that, what can you do? Right. Cause I feel like the analogy of like, Hey, to go from third to fourth gear, you got to let off the gas, push the clutch shift. You're going to have a little pause there, mm-hmm. but what can he do to set himself up for success? And what are the questions he should be asking? Uh, while he's preparing to do that, people are calling in. I guess I put my name on my phone number. <laughs> um, so, so Michael, what do you do now as he approaches the shifting gear, and then what to do right as soon as he shifts gears to make sure he doesn't lose momentum? So one thing, and you can obviously talk to your accountant and/or your attorney, but you can start with hiring therapists as independent contractors. Uh, I can send you a the W nine or whatever the IRS tax form. Um, this is pending, you know, your legal due diligence or whatever, and you can just pay them a fixed rate. You, you write up an agreement, you know, you could go and chat GBT and, and find like an employment agreement for your Jacksonville or for the state of Florida. Um, you pay them a flat rate. So uh, 60, 65, 70, something a visit or 50 or whatever, something, you know, in that range. So there's still some margin for you and the, in the practice. Um, and that's how you can get started. Don't worry about the insurance. Um, don't worry about, you know, the full timers that you're not at that point right now today to maybe make that bigger leap of health insurance benefits package salary or whatever. You could start with where they're kind of like Luna PT and, and they're, you know, they're, uh, they're scheduling patients at their leisure. So the therapists are seeing patients in the evenings or the weekends, they make their own schedule. They're independent contractors with you. Um, there's a whole host of other things to do around, you know, onboarding calls with them so that they represent your brand properly. And you obviously have to recruit, uh, and interview, uh, these folks to make sure that they're the right fit, uh, that they're the right fit for your clients. Cause you know, your clientele better than anyone. Um, anything that's stopping you there from, from having an independent contractor come on, even if it's one of them, uh, and they see, you know, two to five patients a day, they make their own schedule. Uh, have you considered that or is that something that you're like you have issues with or hesitation with? Yeah, I think there's two parts to that. One, I already have an independent contractor that I oh. send out about 10 visits a week, or 10 visits a month to. Um, he's a great guy. He's just not able to make that, that jump. Um, I would love for him to come on full time. Um, and you know, I got enough patients where I could bring on a full timer and really have them cover their costs immediately without any marketing, without any, Facebook ads or anything like that. Um, and so I just kind of always thought I was at hiring that salaried uh, position. And um, when I was doing some more of like independent research, and I'm not saying this is of, of any quality, but when I was looking for the type of person to bring on and the exact brand I want them to represent all the way down to the language I want them to have with a client to represent the experience, um, it felt like I was leaning more towards an employee to do that because I wanted to influence and manipulate those conversations and those experiences to the level that I feel like Revision Health is, is, should be providing. 
Um, and so that just led me towards leaning me towards uh, yeah, more of a, an employee versus an independent contractor. Sounds more like an investment. If you're going to put that time and effort into it, that's that sounds like that. Tony, what are your thoughts? Man, you know, if I heard somebody say this the other day, if there's no conflict, there's no interest. And they were talking about conflict of interest. But here, I'm going to go completely left turn on you guys. I think you guys are totally wrong for this situation. Uh, and so here's the thing. So, Michael, correct me if I'm wrong. You have a child. You have a second child that you, you guys just recently had, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Just last week. <laughs> Hang on. Tony, it's a dog. I have a rule though on the show. If a, if a dog or a baby makes an appearance on the show, you have to introduce. You have to tell with the name of the dog. All right. Well, that was Tucker. I just kicked out. <laughs> um, but first, congratulations. That's an amazing time of your life, you know. And I always say I live vicariously through you guys. I remember when my kids were new newborns, and it's just such an incredible time. So, with that being said. Is like, okay, what I'm hearing is Michael built this amazing business already. We have a proven product. He's monetized it. He's doing well with it. He's able to deliver it. Now he's going to go and try and build a different business, a business that's built on somebody else's delivery of service, not Michael's delivery of service. Um, that's a that's a big challenge at this time in this season of life for you guys. Um, your wife, I believe, is a clinician also. So when I look at this, I'm like, what are the opportunities? What is the leverage of each opportunity? So let's say you bring on a great therapist. They're an awesome therapist. They, they meet all of your criteria. Um, in best case scenario, and I'm asking you this question for an answer. In a best case scenario, what kind of money would you be bringing in on top of the expense of that therapist delivering a visit? Are we talking 40 bucks, 100 bucks, 150 bucks? Like where is the profit in that? What are you looking at? Uh, yeah, so if they if they're at, if they hit that 22 visit a week mark for 48 weeks of the year, it's about 50 bucks of profit per visit. Okay, and then what are we looking at? So since we're talking years, like what does that work out to income wise on a year? Uh, so between 30 and 50 K depending on expenses and things that I'm unable to predict. Okay. To control. So we've got a, let's go at the high end. We've got a 50 K opportunity sitting there. Now, of course we have to look at risk. We have to look at liability. You guys have all heard, you know, as you gain success, you stop looking at certain things and look at other things. So you've got the risk of them doing something stupid. You've got the risk of them representing your brand in a bad way. But you also have the risk of, imagine this, they get sick, somebody gets pregnant, they want to do something different. You've built this infrastructure around a single person and now that person's gone. Now to Jimmy's skill set, you know, Jimmy's kind of inadvertently moved into this area of recruitment and attraction and talent. If you're not ready to go down the road of building a talent acquisition machine, um, I don't know that I want to risk my business on a thirty to fifty thousand dollar a year potential profit. Uh, when I look at other things that are available, I, I could probably, and I'm putting myself in your shoes, I could probably raise rates, right? Cut my caseload, raise rates, find another service that I can offer that replaces the 30 to 50,000 I would be making in profit without adding any employees, any stress, any headache. Um, I've told these guys before you came on, 
your YouTube channel is amazing. It, I, I can't believe it hasn't taken off yet, but I do believe it will. That being said, I would look at a channel like um, Tone and Titan. So his name is Jared. He's a physical therapist. He's got over a million subscribers. He's got to be doing 20, 30,000 a month between his YouTube channel and other stuff. Um, your quality is on par with his. I'm not saying you're going to get to where he is, but there's no reason you can't. And so going back to like a Hormozy quote, you know, what is reasonable? How much should I be putting out to the point that it's unreasonable for me not to succeed? Um, so both of our answers are great answers, if you ask me. Uh, I think Dave is totally right. I think, yeah, you have the opportunity to scale, you can grow, you can hire, recruit, replace yourself, step out of the clinical role. But I think that's a very different business that you would be getting into compared to what you've done successfully now. Or you could double down on what's already successful, raise your rates, um, look at monetizing in other ways. I think the digital income and monetizing in other ways is a bigger lever that gives you more acceleration and growth uh, with higher potential profits. If I've got a, a max $50,000 potential profit that could cost me more than that, if things go south compared to something that could be generating $50,000 profit a month, I'm going to take the risk on the 50,000 a month. But what do you think, Jimmy? Um, I've never done this. I've always been a guy. I've always been Robin, never Batman. So I've never done this and I've always just teamed with people. So I was looking for the one KPI in the dashboard um, that tells you when to shift, right? 3,500 RPMs. That's when I know I got to, I got to shift to the next gear. So what is that? Is it, is it a, is it a number of visits? Is it a margin? Like if you had to, if you had to narrow it down to one, what is that RPM? What is that tachometer on a business that tells you it's time to do this? Dave, what do you think? I understand where Tony's coming from. Uh, the YouTube stuff that Tony is talking about, I, I want to nicely say like, Tony, you're now doing all that stuff, but you already built this asset, which is yeah. you're saying for him to not go and do it's more, it's closer to a guaranteed sure thing, Michael, to grow your practice and have an asset that is something that will continue to help your family, not just the 50 K or the 30 to 50 K of profit per employee now, but it would be, you know, 10 years from now from work that you did right now. And I understand that there's a lot more opportunities, but the, the thing with YouTube, if you already have great videos, great thumbnails, great, you know, you have a couple thousand or multiple thousands of views for a lot of these videos already, but Tony's saying it hasn't blown up yet. It also still may never blow up. You're, you're planting seeds, but you, you, you don't know. I mean, the world is fickle. Right. And, and if you, and if you had to say what's, you know, if we voted, like what's the, what's closer to a sure thing, it would be growing a practice. Now, I'm saying one thing, Tony's saying the other. So we got to kick it back to Michael. Like, Michael, has this provided you any clarity or are, are the waters cloudier now? <laughs> well, I think it's assuring that you guys are literally discussing the same things that I was toying around in my head, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, we're all, we're speaking the same language and we're having the same, like, you know, internal conflict of, you know, it is, a, it is kind of a sure thing. I mean, if you have a good product and you bring on good people, you're going to do, you're going to do all right. Um, you know, in, in growing that side of things, you know, the, I would say that the, the one thing that's kind of making me lean more towards Tony's decision is more of like the passion. Like I, I love treating patients and I love having that relationship with somebody. 
but um, I feel like I'm doing like I do fairly well in treating it and learning the new skill of the the YouTube channel and the blog is, is exciting for me because I don't know the potential of it, but I know the potential of me treat, treating patients and that's you know four or five people a day at 200 bucks a pop like that's my ceiling, like I can tell I can predict my ceiling when I have myself right. um, and, and and another clinician now to Tony's point like you can always you know change up your services or develop something that you can offer that maybe isn't uh, leveraging your time as much, but it's still something you can offer your clients, which I have not even spent any time on. And um, to be honest, like I've never, I've never had a coach or a mentor like bring up those things either. So I've never had that um, even in, the, in my, in my head. So I wouldn't say it's, it's more cloudy. I think uh, it's just more exciting to me that there are some options and it yeah. doesn't seem like there's a bad, a bad option, but um, I feel like once I commit, I'm committed. And that's what's a little bit, uh, frightening to me. I feel like we could do this type of segment with any type of question. Then we just come up with, well, it depends. And then we look like <laughs> geniuses because of course it depends. But the answer doesn't necessarily have to be, do you, should you hire yes or no? It's should you hire right now or not? Or you you punt and you do it later, right? The other thing I would worry about too is like, is is your current state, is it a pebble in your shoe enough that it's making you unhappy, right? Because there's always factors, right? You got family, mm-hmm. kid, kid on the way, right? There's things you need, there's context. Um, and is this thing grinding on you? I mean, I don't think we need, there's no pep talk needed to like, hey, you should put yourself out there. Like, you're not, in my opinion, you're knocking on doors, man, which is a hard thing to do. And people are saying yes. So whatever you're saying when the door opens, because my guess is you didn't just mm-hmm. knock on one door and they said yes, you knocked on several doors. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're saying resonates. So you have a thing. There's not a question like, is this a, because I go back to Marcus Lemonis, which is, uh, the three P's, right? People, product, process. So you have the product. Mm-hmm. You're the people, but you're also focused on, well, I want this person to use the same messaging. and and have. So you're focused on making sure the next P, the next person keeps that product the same and the other P's process, right? And it sounds like that's you're also worried about that too, is you want the experience to do that. So I think it's not an if you should or shouldn't. It's a when question. And the answer might not be right now. Yeah, I love that we I love that we have totally different answers because like you said, there is no wrong answer. Um, there are so many nuances to this. I think the we achieved the objective, which is hey, let's look at different perspectives, let's look at different directions we could go. Ultimately, Michael's gonna make the best decision for what's you know best for his family, his children, his near future and far future. Um, yeah. but I, I think that was great. Michael, thank you so much for sharing your story this is, and calling this in. Is not easy. Yeah. This is a bold thing to put yourself out there and say like, Hey world, I'm thinking about doing this. And if, cause if you do and it doesn't work, you know, that's not an easy thing to do is put yourself out there and you're doing it. So good, good for you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate those words. Um, Dave, one last question. Do you have time for me to ask Dave a question here? Got all the time in the world. I got more espresso to make. Go ahead. What do you got, Michael? <laughs> um, uh, Dave, did you like with your concierge practice? Like, it, it, is that is that fueling something else for you? Is like, you know, what is the, what is that doing for you now? Good question. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you're following my YouTube channel and my stuff, but we're trying to partner and and acquire other practices. And so I built that as an asset that now uh, I have other therapists uh, treating and 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 seeing a lot of our patients. And so that is fueling the lifestyle of me being able to put out video content and other. Uh, endeavors to uh, reach out to practice owners, visit them, get their financials, see if we're the right fit, make offers uh, to potentially partner or buy some of these practices. So that is what's fueling uh, my current situation. 
Okay. Got it. And have and so you're acquiring, you're not looking to sell in the next five years. Not looking to sell in the next five years. We're looking to grow through acquisition. And obviously we're going to grow my current practice organically with paid ads and hiring and all that, but we're looking to grow uh, through acquisition and, and no, not looking to sell anytime soon. Got it. Got it. Yeah. That, and you know, I think I've, I've seen some of your content um, and you know, if I, if I grow, that was my, my second tier thought of growing the, the mobile practice and acquiring therapists. I mean, if, if my, goal is to get out um, in three to five years. I always thought that that getting out meant selling. Um, but I guess it could mean, yeah. you know, teaching, no, teaching no. other people to manage practice. Which is it a different be, job though, by the way. Yeah. It, the, it, you don't have to sell. It could be you not treating anymore, spending more time with your wife and your two children. And you have a bunch of therapists that are seeing all the patients. And then you're making, you know, depending on the scale, you're, you're making, you know, uh, maybe a hundred K or 200 K from the profits of the practice and you're not treating at all. And you're just managing a maybe a little bit of the admin or you have an admin person. And you could just go from what Tony said before, which is going from you know, business owner to like operator or investor. So right. that's another thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would say real quick, I would say I agree totally with what Dave's saying is, you know, I, I heard somebody say this recently, like rich people sell things, wealthy people never sell things. They just accumulate assets and those assets continue to grow. And so I have a bad habit of, I always want to sell. I always want to eliminate my risk. I want to take that paycheck and I want to move on to the next thing. It has probably slowed my progress down in wealth creation. Um, I'm working hard to try and change that to I'm going to buy and hold real assets, build real assets. Um, but yeah, you, you absolutely don't have to sell. And real, real quick, speaking about assets, uh, if you build a practice, you have a lot more control over that asset. If you build a bunch of stuff on YouTube that's owned by Google, you don't have full control or you don't have the same amount of control because YouTube algorithm could change. Google could change. Uh, and then, you know, like Greg Todd had what tens of thousands of followers on and subscribers on YouTube. And then his account got deleted. I don't know if you saw that, but you have no control over that. So if you have multiple tens of thousands of followers and subscribers on YouTube and you're as big as Greg Todd making years of content and his channel was deleted like that and he had to start from scratch. So think of everything you could, you know, watch this uh, <laughs> recording again. Um, I think you can't go wrong either way, but, uh, you know, there's pros and cons to each. Yeah, I think you got it. Well, I, I really appreciate your guys' awesome. input. Um, this is very valuable for me, and uh, we'll 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 kind of see what time will will tell me what to do. Sounds great, Michael. Appreciate the call. And uh, Michael's episode is coming up on my podcast whenever I get around to editing it, which will be soon. We just talked the other day, Michael. Appreciate it, man. Have a have a great time in the cold Florida, in Jacksonville. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I appreciate right, it. That was fun. That was kind of a cool twist. And then instead of just going around in circles with us, is bringing in real conversation. I'd like to do that more. I agree. I, I think it's great for the community. It's great for the profession, hearing real stories and getting real responses. And I think there's enough diversity across mm -hmm. the three of us that we can present different perspectives. And the fourth person, which is, you know, I was throwing some graphics on there and it doesn't matter if you're not watching this live while we're doing it. But if you put in the comments below, I love when comments start to yes. And, or did you think about, because the this is sort of why I started my own podcast, which was I'd look around the room full of a thousand PTs and be like, you all, the collective knowledge of this room is great. The problem is it's in a silo, but we call it a skull. 
And how can we get that out? It's discussion. Yeah. You need to make people feel like they don't have to give a presentation on it. So conversation trumps presentation every single time. And that conversation doesn't necessarily need to only be live. You can have that in the comments below. That'll also be where I think we can generate ideas for future either topics. You can ask anonymously or you can call in like Michael just did. I like stuff like that's the sort of thing that can wake me up at 830 in the morning that I can that, that I can dig with you guys. Not that you guys aren't energetic and, and bring me to life. You do. Hey, and, and really, really quick, we were going to we were going to talk about video patient facing video, YouTube video versus uh, Google reviews. Are we going to do that next week? What do you want to do? I'm I, good to I, do I, it now. If you have the time, let's do it now. Right. So, Dave, set up the topic. Yes. So uh, I posted uh, a YouTube short of mine from uh, the Dave Kittle Show channel. And I said, one of the best ways for you to grow your practice in 2024 is to get more Google reviews because of the, you know, social cloud. The, the social cloud, the searchability, the, you know, the, the keywords from the reviews that patients write for you some kind, sometimes are shown as like the, what does Tony call it? Like the highlight or the preview, or it's, it's kind of in the search query. Uh, so those types of things will be matched to what someone is searching in your area, whether they're searching mm. for, you know, physical therapy, you know, Ohio for, you know, Tony's area or home physical therapy in New York city, whatever it might be. Uh, and so Tony said he strongly disagreed. He said the best thing to be doing in 2024 to grow your practice is patient-facing YouTube video, which I also agree with. Um, but but Tony was you know very strong, so I was like, hey, let, let's uh, let's chat about that. Yeah. So so what are your thoughts? Tell me what you're thinking. So I was uh, mentioning in that post in the comments to you that when someone is searching around for a service provider, let's say physical therapy, it could even be HVAC or plumber or whatever. Um, if they're looking for a solution, it depends on where someone is, but I would say for the most part, people are going to use Google reviews or Yelp reviews. If we're looking for, right. like, if you guys come visit me in New York city, I'm going to take you out to dinner or something. I'm going to pull up Yelp or Google. We're going to look at Google reviews of a place. I might spend one minute or I don't know, like 30 seconds or two minutes looking at a couple different Google reviews, because I don't want to look bad. I want to take you guys to a great place, right. but I don't want to get screwed. I don't want to look bad. But I'm, I'm also not going to go to YouTube and like go, you know, look at videos of this restaurant and a video in their kitchen and interviewing the chef and all that. Right. So it depends on the intent. But if someone's looking for physical therapy or treatment or pain relief or balance or whatever it might be, um, I think Google reviews and or Yelp reviews, the, the patient generated content is the best way because of how it's connected to Google and SEO and searchability and all that. And now you know, with Tony, Tony's saying it should be YouTube videos. It should be patient facing YouTube videos, gotcha. which I think that's a different, it's a different, uh, it's a different type of patient who requires more. They're searching, they're doing more Intel and research and they are, uh, they're going down the rabbit hole further and they want to, maybe they really want to make sure that they are picking yeah. the right person or practice or they're earlier in the funnel. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. The funnel of decision-making process. So, so that's before the groundwork there. Before Jimmy jumps in as the media guy, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to say there is a difference between picking a restaurant for tonight and picking a physical therapist. I'm going to say that, yes, I understand what everybody has always said about reviews. Obviously, you look at my businesses, I have like no, no reviews. I, I have less than 10 reviews over really? a 20-year career. Yeah, I have nothing. No reviews. Um but that being said, when I look at the SEO guys that I do follow, they still continue to say, if you have more reviews, you're going to show up higher in the three pack under the map. 
I don't know that I necessarily believe that. I think if you have more site authority, you have a better chance. There's multiple factors that control whether you show up in the three pack on Google map. Um, when I look at the ideal client we're trying to attract, again, we're not talking about somebody who's in town for a week. They're looking for a therapist to rub their back and they're going to read Yelp and Google reviews. We're looking for somebody who's doing some research. They, they want to find the best of the best in their area. They want to get to know the person. They want to hear you. They want to see you. They want to get a sense for what kind of personality you have. None of that comes across in a review. And I think the biggest issue for me, I just always assume reviews are fake. I always mm -hmm. assume reviews are played. Um, Katie, Katie Wadlin is a therapist. She's amazing. She's in Massachusetts. She just posted this morning a, and I didn't realize this, but I guess a therapist who had interviewed with her left a, a negative review, a one-star review saying that she was only interested in treating wealthy individuals. And she was looking for advice on how to handle this because she has 46 five-star reviews and one one-star review. And I was like, you know what? I think it's a badge of a badge of honor. Like, I think this is great. This is perfect. One, nobody should have 47 five-star reviews because it looks fake. Two, I think it, it addresses, you know, some questions here. And I think it attracts the right audience for what you're looking for. Um, so yes, reviews are an element. I think they're a, a decreased, like they decrease in value over time. Um, I, I don't think anything is ever going to replace what we're doing right now. People hear me, people see me, people understand me as a human being. They're hiring me if I'm the therapist that's gonna treat them or if I represent the brand of my business. I just think it's a 10 to one return. Uh, video facing the patient is gonna be 10 times more powerful than a five-star review. Jimmy, what do you say? Yeah, I think this is words versus moving pictures. I think this is yes and, right? I think they're two different things. I know back in radio, uh, there was no Yelp when I was in radio, which shows you how long ago I left the actual radio business. Um, but we did do user-generated content before it was user-generated content, which is when someone would call and I would do, we would do these things called IDs. So when I interviewed Ozzy Osbourne, I'd be like, hey, at the end of the interview, Ozzy, you mind doing a, a quick ID? And he'd be like, hey, this is Ozzy Osbourne and you're listening to McKay on 97 on next. And then, of course, I would play that every time I played like Crazy Train right before that because it personalized it. So I think... This, I think we're talking about two different forms of media doing the same thing. I agree with both of you in that I do look at restaurant reviews, but I don't know if I would look at like, I, I, I'm, it's a timing thing. Like I think of Jerry Durham and the patient life cycle sort of image, which is where am I looking for what? Like, do I, what the hell is a physical therapist? Do what, what do I need? I need a physical therapist. You might get that person early with user-generated video going, oh, that's what that, that looks like me. I think I could, maybe I could use that. And then when you're deciding between A, B, or C, you might do a quick, you're looking for red flags. I actually think you're looking for what sure. you have on Yelp. You're looking for like, does this place suck? Yeah. You know what I mean? And again, you have to understand too, is like people who are, who are fed and happy. I mean, I don't, I should more. I know this. I should go on to Ward's Bridge Inn in Montgomery, New York and leave a great review because I've had 50 great experiences. And I don't think I've ever read a, I've written a review for those guys and I should, but I have written a few reviews for, for places that I'm just like, save your, you know, save your $92 and do not come here. Um, I have, I just looked really quick. I have like, you know, 150 
five-star reviews for the podcast and one one-star review. And I same thing. I sort of cherish that. I'm it makes about me that. sorry about that. <laughs> no, did you did you actually see what it was? I interviewed a woman that I know and I love her, Amanda Hall. And her aunt listened to the podcast and she had like her speaker system or something. She didn't have her headphones plugged in all the way. So she could only hear me, but not Amanda. So she was like, I don't understand why I can only. <laughs> but I thought it was hysterical. And I actually share that a screenshot of that That's review amazing. all the time on social media because um, remember the scene from Wolf of Wall Street where he's like, I don't want you to judge me on my wins. I want you to judge me on my losses because there are so few. He didn't say there are none. It's almost like he's like, yeah, man, this is dangerous. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm, 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 I'm saying what you're thinking. Um, so I think both. I don't, you know, I think the real th question is, can you create a process to get the, if, the, if you're going to value these, how do you get these easily? And I know that there are things that you can put at a front desk, sort of like a tap to get someone, because that is, I'm surprised. Like, if you want to leave a review for my podcast, it's not an easy process. It's no. a clunky, no, I can't I'm give you a terrible. link. It's terrible, right? And Dave, what's your tip? So uh, my tip to get more reviews, Google yeah. reviews. Yeah. You have to ask in person. So you and your team, yes. your front desk. If you So we're mobile. We don't have a front desk. But if you have a front desk, everyone needs to be asking the patient in person first to get like a verbal buy-in. You should also have some either manual or automated text or email reminders to send them the direct link, not correct. to your business Google listing, but there's a direct link. You can go on YouTube mm -hmm. and, and type in like how to find the direct link to my Google reviews. Um, then you send that link and it literally pops right up. So as soon as they click on the link, it opens to the, the star rating. And then they type in like the text box and hit submit as opposed to them scrolling down the Google business profile and then clicking on reviews, then adding a review. It's too many steps. So you find that direct link. Um, and as a tip, Tony, so I went and uh, so last year I had um, Invisalign done. So I went to some, you know, orthodontist around the corner. They were sending me these automated links to write a Google review. They never asked me in person. I just thought it was like, I mean, if you want it that bad, like, why yes. wouldn't you just mention it? Like, hey, and this is what we say. Here's my here's my tip for therapists. Hey, Jimmy, um, you know, you mentioned that you've felt better xyz whatever your 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 happiness your approval with the service whatever you're 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 getting xyz benefit that you mentioned you love this that and the other um can you would you be open to sharing a google review online because it helps other new yorkers like you find us online right so then now you look like a little mini hero because your help your review would be helping other people find us get the benefit yeah. that you're getting right now and you're going to help other people get that benefit down the road. How cool is that? So it those also, are some of the tips that we do. It also frames them up. When you ask people to speak about you, like you want, you don't want to put the words in their mouth, but you want to ask them a good, a, a better question gets a better answer. Because again, someone's not going to read 600 words on something, most likely. So you want to get the good words that people scan because people don't read stuff most of the time, myself included. We scan stuff. So you're going to look for those things. Like what would you have told your former self like before, like the experience, you weren't really sure what would you say to yourself then of what the experience that you got here? Well, first, make sure to do what Dave said, which is, did you have a good experience? No. Awesome. Well, you know, hope better luck next time. There's no link coming in your email. Click, take that out of the process. Right. Uh, another we, thing. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say one of the things, and again, this is do what I say, not what I do. I should be uh -huh. doing this on a consistent basis, but when we did put the time in to develop a system to generate more reviews, even though we never implemented the system, 
one of the things that we had come up with was we said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to work the narrative so that we're going to ask, do you have a Gmail account? If they do, when we generate the receipt for their copay, coinsurance, deductible payment, we either email or text them that receipt. We include the exact link that you're talking about that takes them right to the page to do the Google review. And we pre-frame it because the person's in front of me. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm also going to send you this link. This is going to connect you straight to uh, Google reviews so that if you take a minute and just let people know about your experience here, um, it would really help, you know? And so the person's there, they just gave me their credit card. They just paid for the service. They're feeling the best they're going to feel. Not only do I text them the receipt or email them the receipt, I also generate that link for them right then and there. And I frame it for them. The other way we used to talk about doing it, we don't do modalities anymore, but back in the day we would throw an ice pack on, we'd throw a heat pack on, we'd throw something on at the end of the treatment session. We would do the same thing. We would say, Hey, do you have a Gmail account? I'm going to send you this link. This would be great if you could just take a couple minutes while you're sitting on ice to generate a Google review for me. Um, maybe even send them some suggestions on what other people have said so they don't have to think about what to say. Yes. But yeah, if you can work it into your business system, you, you can absolutely just knock it out of the park. We just still don't do it. And so I will cheat too. Right, because I like to say, do, do what I do, what I do, not what I say. Don't watch what I say, watch what I do. I think I confused that one. I have noticed an uptick in the amount of times that Amazon has asked me to leave reviews or answer questions. You purchase this, can you answer this person's question? They're looking for uh, user-generated clout and LinkedIn. Are you guys getting this now? You're a you're a, you're one of few experts being asked to comment on this article or this question. I'm getting that a lot. Yeah. And that's both of those platforms wanting to prompt more people, users, me from interacting with those things. I think it's probably a hop, skip and a jump before they start asking for quick videos, but yeah. they'll probably use an app. Are you guys familiar with like SpeakPipe? No. SpeakPipe essentially is like, here's a link. We're only going to let, when you hit record, here's the question on the screen. When you hit record, we're only going to let you record for 30 seconds and then we're going to cut you off. So you got to get to the point, right? So essentially it's like a really, it's a, it's like an automated way to get uh, video clips for a podcast or a YouTube channel, right? I'm not there yet, but it's pretty close because I know like I've done 60 second PT, which is a quick 60 second real feature where I ask PTs like 10, 12 sec questions in 60 seconds. And Tony was the first to be like, why don't you just automate this? And I'm like, mm, shoot, after you just standardize the questions, automate them answering and then you know dub and me asking the question each time but i think so the answer is both because if linkedin and amazon are doing the text thing i think it's a hop skip until we start to see more video too so i think it's yes and true it's my personal uh what, what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna use a a, a a a test of what you get i'm gonna stop this live stream in two minutes whenever we're done and i'm gonna go and i'm gonna email my entire email list and I'm going to ask for a review and I'm going to see what I'm going to get. But I'm going to, I have to, I have to figure out what's the easiest way to get a Google or Spotify review with one link because they're clunky as hell. They're not. Dave, last question want. for you as the review expert. Um, if Jimmy does that right now and he gets a hundred reviews right now, but then he used up all his reviews for the next three months and gets no reviews for the next three months. What do you think about that situation? Oh, because they look old. 
No, it's just, you know, it's, it's flooding the system all in one shot. And then all of a sudden now it's, there's nothing coming in for the next three months, as opposed to finding a drip sequence that allows you to generate a couple reviews every week. Well, yeah, do you have a, do you have an email list? And then that way you could kind of ask people at like, whenever they kind of go through your email sequence and then therefore, then you can kind of spread out the ask over time instead of getting like in the welcome the sequence. Yeah. Do a welcome sequence and make it like the fourth, fourth or fifth email or fourth or fifth month in like, Hey, you've been listening for a while. What are your thoughts? We'd love an honest review. And, and the, and the email is just about the review. There's right, nothing. Correct. Uh, and, and what's in it for them. Right. So, you know, this, uh, your, your review will help other, other, you know, forward thinking physical therapists like you find this type of content that you love. It's a compliment with direction. And, and, an, and a clear ask, like I'm asking you because you've listened and I appreciate your honest review and you can help other people. You're the hero of the story again. I like that. All right. Uh, parting thoughts for today. Uh, we just do parting shots. What are your thoughts on how, how'd that go? Michael, user generate, anything. doesn't matter. Uh, Tony, what do you got? I think it was awesome. I love having a call in. I love being able to capture those elements. Just like you said, we create magic in the clinic every single day, but nobody gets to see that magic. This gives us the chance to get oh, yeah. that information out to the public. We're not in tell business. We're in show business, Dave. Uh, party shot is uh, none of this was scripted. Tony and I uh, about the Michael Derry situation about like where, where he should go. Like we didn't prepare any of that. We just went in two different directions. Uh, and so Tony's got a ton of experience. I always respect everything that he says. I may be wrong, but I'm never in doubt. There you go. If, but listen, no one would watch Stephen A. Smith if everybody agreed with Stephen A. Smith. Right? I mean, we know this is in radio. In radio, in in early, I, I mean, you'd be brought into the morning show as a, as a budding weekend radio jock and they they would say this we're discussing this topic and as the new guy you got to pick the side last which means you didn't get to pick the side so you have to just argue and because the idea isn't we both agree or we're right the idea is i want to see a couple of different opinions and that's and that and that's what i'll say is uh is is trust the process question everything but trust the process uh, awesome. Gentlemen, we'll see you next week, I guess is the idea. We'll do this on Thursdays. And I would love to see more comments and questions. We see a lot. Of, I see the how many people are viewing. I want to hear from you quite literally on the phone or in comments. Uh, gentlemen, appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you. you.